welcome back another episode of post phase and she stakes episode 94 fresh off the ending of the 2021 nfl regular season you got myself dakota timothy of course and nick welcome back happy to be here happy to chop it up start of the season land the season together there you go nice uh so so gents do we can have I, any can uh, I, before we start can i ask what is already our interrupting me. right now <laughs> i'm sorry but it's a big like where are your emotions at right now we are starting playoffs the eagles are in the playoffs which is exciting yeah but it is now the end of football regular season wise like I, I was in a weird spot here. Am I excited because we're going to playoffs and the real stuff, or is it kind of a you know a bummer because now there's no more regular season, no more red NFL red zone, and now we're moving on to the final weeks. I mean, I, I I'm excited. I mean, it's always sad when football ends, but I mean, playoff football is some of the best product of of sports you'll see because unlike how you know college does their bowl game seating these games will actually be competitive for the most part. So you're getting, you know, teams that are fairly matched up. Like I think 49ers and Dallas is going to end up being a pretty good game. Um, you get a good matchups. Like, am I a little worried about the Eagles? Sure. But am I happy they made playoffs? Absolutely. I'm not expecting oh, much, but yeah, I'm excited for, for the playoffs and I mean, season's going to end sometime. So I think, I think this year is really exciting, too, because I don't remember a year where it's been such a wide open path to the Super Bowl. Like, I really yeah. do. I mean, the, the number one seed in the NFC lost week one to the fucking Detroit Lions. And the number one seed in uh, the AFC lost to a team that threw three passes in a game. So yeah, you really have such a wide. And I can't remember a year where it wasn't hey, it's the one seed, it's everybody else fighting to lose to them in the NFC, the conference championship or two teams. You know, this year it could honestly go, I mean, it. I know we'll talk about the Eagles and, you know, all that, but if you're, if you're a Philly fan and you look at the season and you say, we had three picks coming into the year, one, the Colts, who everybody thought was going back to playoffs, one being Miami, who some people thought was ascending, and then yeah. ours was the only one that ended up being a playoff first round pick. Yeah, nobody would have thought that. Nobody would have expected that. And no. like, that's such an exciting, and I, I just so excited to see what this week of practice looks like for all the young guys, what the week of preparation looks like, getting yeah. to go, you know, you get to stay on the East Coast, which, which is nice. You're just going, you know, down to Florida. And not that you're playing with house money, because, you know, I wouldn't say there's like, you know, there's not nothing to lose, but. You're going up against the GOAT, and what a way. Imagine if you could say, like, that's your first playoff victory. It was so exciting. Jalen's 23, and Tom Brady's, you know, 44 years old, and they're about to battle it out in the NFL playoffs. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, I mean, last year, I think, like, Washington went against Brady. It was the hardest game he played in the playoffs. Heineke, I honestly think, was given the chance to start this year solely off of that game. I think that, obviously, Fitzpatrick got it hurt, but, you know, he – how good they looked you know that that young team with no chance going against Brady and this dominant team um kind of reminds me of what the Eagles are doing right now I, I still feel better I don't think the Buccaneers are nearly as strong due to injuries and stuff as they were last year and I actually kind of like the matchup against them between you know the other options uh yeah. knows, you know the teams they're definitely banged <clears throat> up um they're not as healthy as they were they're not at full speed so we'll see you never know we, if we can run the ball keep the ball out of Brady's hands you never know yeah I mean the only thing that worries me about facing Brady is his how quick he gets rid of the ball because that's been the Eagles' Achilles' heel on defense is 
they play so you know so far back coverage wise that they leave the middle of the field open and if Brady gets rid of the ball and like you know one second 1.5 seconds then he's going to be cooking all day so we'll, we'll see um yeah I don't hate the matchup honestly I know a lot of people I think the line is like plus nine or something you know like they're not yeah, not getting any that. shot but <laughs> i think i think we have a good like strong chance mostly because the buccaneers are banged up but even like yeah th- i mean we ripped gannon pretty much all season <laughs> about how he doesn't blitz he's not very aggressive that's the style of defense you got to play against brady you got to get him with the four guys you blitz him he's going to kill you so yeah you know i'm not i'm not saying we have the d-line like the saints who showed how to do it you know with four guys but it's the strategy you have to take and yeah. you know he's missing some weapons so hopefully we can hold him in coverage and see what happens just it, the real thing's going to come down to running the ball and killing keeping away from him yeah and i think and i think it's you know can't be you know underscored how hard it is to beat one team twice mm-hmm. in a yeah we just don't yeah. you just don't see it that often and and honestly we i don't remember we talked about that was the that was the like most lopsided close game we've ever seen we played them earlier in the year and you got to yeah. think about it they were a significantly healthier team at that point and we were a significantly worse team at that point. We weren't running the ball. Oh, of course. We looked terrible. So, like, we're trending in one direction. They're trending in another direction. And if there's ever a time you could look past the team, it's that first round. Yeah. So, yeah. you kind of go in there saying, like, you can control – if you can control the ball, you know, win the turnover battle, you got you got a shot. You know, you got a puncher's chance. Hey, it's the, they, this was the matchup I wanted, to be honest with you. With all the injuries they have, I know Brady's the X factor, but the injuries they have is not something to ignore. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I see them as weaker than, you know, what they were in the beginning of the season. I think you hit it on, you know, nail on the head with we're going up, they're going down. They When we played them the beginning of the season, they were, you know, rolling. They looked like they were going to repeat easy. Obviously, yeah. they've had inj- injuries and Antonio Brown melt- meltdown since then. So it's not the <laughs> same team. You know, it's definitely not the same team. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I mean, two, knows? Of their, two of their top three receivers are gone. You know, yep. Godwin yeah. his ACL, Antonio, you know, his CTE comes through too hard. And the team is just, you know, Leonard Fournette, is he even going to play in the first round or is it just Lev Bell? What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, Leonard Fournette is huge. You know, I, he's been an That's impact huge. player all year for them. Yeah. I mean, even they think of their secondaries had injuries all year. They, I, I just, I don't see them clearing all these guys and they're all playing a hundred percent. Mike Evans has had a hamstring issue. He's been dealing with. Hopefully you get them at the right time. <clears throat> Hopefully this is, you know, Brady's not going to keep them out of any game, but I feel, you know, listen, puncher's chance. Give me something good. Give me something to look positive. Just don't go out there and get blown out. Give me something to build off of. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they'll get blown. And I feel like it's a good point. I think they're trending and whereas the Packers are getting healthy and they're going to get scary once they get all those defenders back, Plus you know, you have, they got the extra weeks. yeah, you have the, the Buccaneers trending on and downwards because they, they don't have, I mean, it's all Brady. It's, this is very reminiscent of like old school Brady when he had literally nobody and he just had scrubs yeah. at receiver and whatever and scat, scat running backs. And, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But before we get too much more into that, I just wanted to look back at week 18 because it was pretty wild. Um, Honestly, the three most important games went into overtime, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it all started because the Jaguars, who had no business of winning, <laughs> decided they wanted that. to beat Carson Wentz and the Colts and sent them home, which is hilarious. Um, Listen, I, we've all, as Eagles fans, have suffered through some real Carson Wentz heartache and heartbreakers. 
Yeah. What he did to Indianapolis this past week is something that we have never seen. That was just ridiculous. I mean, he I, they had all they had to do was win one of their last two games and they lost the Raiders and then they lost to the Jaguars. They weren't even in the Jaguars game from what yeah, I saw. I, that's what's the worst part. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it if if you really like look at all of the picture leading into the season, you know, Wentz demands the trade. He goes to the one destination where I was like, if he's going to resurrect career, his career, it's going to be an indie. He's got Frank Reich. He's got a great line. He's got a top ascending running back. He's got a solid defense. And old man Rivers, good old Phillip, brought him to the playoffs last year with one leg and maybe one Achilles. So yeah, you're thinking, yeah. you're thinking, okay, you put a younger quarterback, more, you know, more athletic, better arm. You know, they got to win, you know, 12 games. You know, they got to win one more than David Rivers. And Second week of the season, Jim Ursay is already talking shit about how upset he is that Wentz isn't vaccinated and all this. Well, sure enough, they're, you know, nine and five, just need one more win. And all of a sudden he gets COVID, misses the whole Raiders week. And this, I think, is going to start coming up, you know, as they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Misses the whole Raiders week. They lose at home. Then it's you got to go into the two win Jaguars. This should be when you're in, you're good. You know, we'll Easy. forgive everything. And I said, I took a screenshot. I think I sent it to our group checks with 308 left in the third quarter. Jacksonville up 22 to three. <laughs> one of these guys is the guys you've been telling me is an MVP caliber quarterback. And one of these guys is a rookie. And one of them mm-hmm. had 23 for 32 for 223 and two touchdowns. And one is five of 12 for 70 yards, a pick and a fumble. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Listen, I think what's even worse for Wentz is he wasn't the MVP Wentz, but had they won that game against Jacksonville, I think ultimately all of Indy is very excited with Wentz as their franchise quarterback. I think everyone looks as Wentz as, oh, he got out of that terrible situation, Philly. This He's back. He's got it all. Like, I feel like the narrative was going his way the whole season. And then just, man, all you had to do was beat the Jacksonville. Their own fans showed up in clown costumes to yeah. protest their team. <laughs> Like, wait, what are you doing? What does that say about you when you can't beat the team that their fans are protesting against? Yeah, uh, that was there's been some wild and painful losses and surprise losses. That's got to be the biggest one. I In that situation, uh, the team that you were going against, I've been telling Dakota since they fired Urban, I thought the Jaguars just kind of put a bow on the season and gave up. I, I'm just shocked, shocked that they lost that one. And, wh- and what obviously and what a feeling they win the game. And then after that, it's, hey, you guys got the number one overall pick. So you get to go out with a win. It didn't hurt yeah, your double win. You yeah. didn't, didn't hurt didn't hurt your draft stock. And you, you know, it's it was amazing because I watched Carson try to do so much in Philly. And that was a knock I had with you know Dakota a lot, is he mm. tries to extend more than he should. Yeah. And then, yeah. did you know in the last eight games of the Colts season, he only passed for over 200 yards twice? This guy wow. who's supposed to be a great quarterback, like he turned into such a game manager. Yeah. Such, such a game manager like you're throwing under 200 six of eight games when Jalen does that I'd hear people freak out oh yeah I mean the game yeah, but he makes up they, for with his they, legs Carson's just handing it off to someone else with legs yeah the, yeah exactly the Colts figured out who the offense was there and they went to John <clears> Taylor <throat> but I mean even more crazy is the game obviously Jags win which no one expects and sets up the crazy situation where we could just have a tie in Sunday night football and see two teams make the playoffs yeah I, I for a minute I was like when I was watching the the Sunday, the Sunday Night Football game, I was like, is there a chance that this is rigged? Like, what are the odds that, like, Multiple the most times. ridiculous scenario of a tie happens? And on, 
but I was, I'm like, I mean, obviously people were saying that on like Twitter and shit and, but you like, look at you like, you know how hard it is to like rig a football game. Like players have to like purposely drop and catch balls and make the right, you know, plays and all that. Like it's, it was crazy, but I love still unreal, still unreal to see that yeah, game going overtime and to, how close it was to, to get to, to get to that. So the rate, so the Steelers and Ravens played also into overtime uh, Steelers came out winning that one. Um, and then that set up like Raider, like we were saying, Raiders and Chiefs or Raiders and Chargers. They literally could have just kneeled the ball for however many times, just tied the game. Yeah. And then, I mean, Justin Herbert, man. I mean, I'd rather see him in the playoffs than you know, Big Bang crutches. But uh, th- for him to incredible you know, make what was it like fourth and nineteen, and then fourth, fourth and, goal? and ten, he did it like three times in that whole drive. Yeah, that whole drive and then, was beautiful no time left on the clock fourth and goal winner go home or i mean tire go home and throws it to mike williams in the end zone goes into overtime raiders kick a field goal chargers kick a field goal and then it looked like the raiders were just gonna you know take a couple runs then let let the clock run out and take the tie and then the rams called a timeout with 30 seconds left because they only had 10 personnel on the field and raiders were like oh is that what it was i think that's what i was hearing Okay. And the Raiders were like, ah, fuck you guys. <laughs> Let's run a yeah. couple more plays. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get the game-winning field goal. On. And Carlson's been a hell of a kicker. I had him in fantasy. Yeah. He's one of the better kickers this season. And they sent the Chargers packing. So wild that the, the Chargers – and then who was in the NFC that missed the playoffs too? I forget. Or maybe I'm thinking of the Colts. But, yeah, Colts and, Colts and uh, Chargers. And it was funny because I saw – who was it? Rich Eisen was like – Three like three four weeks ago, the Colts were the team nobody wanted to face in the playoffs, and now they're the team that Very no true. one is actually going to face in the playoffs because they didn't make it. But, Very true. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it was wild. That yeah, that Raiders charge game was a, a completely insane. I did want to touch on this because obviously I had stuff that came up during the season preview, so I didn't get to defend my stuff. But I was listening to the episode today, and I know Nick in particular was losing his mind over my prediction that I thought the Raiders were going to finish better than the Chargers. And while it was very close, and obviously I could have never in a million years predicted what the Raiders went through, I am still sticking behind Justin Herbert is a much better quarterback than Derek Carr, and he's still a very good quarterback. And I think that drive proved it more or less, you know, perfectly. My biggest issue was I didn't trust the Chargers offensive line. I didn't know Sean Slater would be, you know, all pro his rookie year. And I didn't really trust that defense because they lost Ingram, they lost Hayward, and Derwin James gets hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. And another part of that was I thought Staley was not a good hire. I didn't really like him with the Rams. Really? I thought he got blessed. Yeah, you know what? I was down on him last year when he was with the Rams in the playoffs. I thought he was mm-hmm. just blessed with the defense with Aaron Donald and how hard is it to look good when you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And then yeah. with the Raiders, I liked them coming in. It wasn't Derek Carr. It was like that defense. I liked the Yannick, the Max Crosby duo, and then, you know, they pulled Hayward. But I, just in that game, I mean, I – I don't know what Staley does in that timeout. I really think the Raiders were going to play to get the tie. And then he calls the timeout. They're like, fuck it. We'll run, get 10 more yards. Why not kick it at this point? Just get yeah. the win. You know, it's, it's in my home crowd. Why not hype up the crowd? But, you know, obviously their season finished very closely. But I think Herbert just proved even more how dominant he was. I mean, Max Cross was bending over Storm Nelson nearly on every pass rush. The guy was getting heat on every play still managed to convert three fourth downs and throw that ridiculous touchdown pass uh the drive before so really an incredible performance i mean it just started where on Derek carr i saw him miss numerous throws numerous of throws all game had he yeah. made a couple of them 
Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't even going to be close. He had, I know he missed Dan Waller for the touchdown mid. Even the one they got a pass interference where Zay Jones got tackled and he was 40 yards away from the ball. Somehow they, they got blessed with the pass interference on that. But, hey, crazy game. I did think the NFL might be rigged and we were going to see a tie for both teams going to playoffs. But I did, I did turn the game off down when they were up 12 and I saw a tweet going, Steelers can rest easy. Um, there's a 12 point differential. And then all of a sudden I like looked at my phone maybe an hour later and I, and I was like, wait, wait, what? Like, crazy. how did this happen? <laughs> it, it, could you imagine like Ben Roethlisberger who hall of fame career, like legendary career, Sitting at home, like, am I going to play football again, or are we going to be in the playoffs? Like, like it just was getting ridiculous at that point. Like, you're just talking, like this legendary Hall of Famer's career might go on one more playoff game, or he might be done. Just yeah. wild, wild scenario that we've never seen. And I kind of was rooting for the tie, but still, I don't care uh, if you had ten men on the field. It looks like the Raiders were going to kick the field goal. You should have just, or they looked like they were just going to kneel and take the tie. I, I just let them go. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh crazy um but yeah that was you know really the i mean then the so this the other scenarios were like if the 49ers had lost they also won in overtime uh, if they had lost yeah um the saints would have got in yeah the saints would have got in which is also wild because they haven't had a quarterback since like week five um yeah it was it was a lot of, a lot of teams rested um then you have teams like the giants who I don't know if you guys saw, they they had a third and nine at their own like 10 yard line. Best play call I've ever seen. And they ran a QB sneak. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, we don't trust Jake from to throw the ball. Okay, first of all, you're not going anywhere. You have four four wins. It, yeah. You're not like you're losing the game. All right. Why not just let the kids sling it? No, let's run a QB. I've never seen a QB sneak on third and nine in, in your own territory. I will tell you, I will tell you though, I have been so down on that team for several years (laughs) and Joe judge keeping his job. He must have some lewd pictures of the owner or something, because this is just, I don't understand how they keep him employed. No, I, I, I think McAdoo was better than judge like judge nothing about, I mean, he had that whole players coach thing going like Dan Campbell does, but like, I feel like it was fake or, or, or like, he just can't get it going. Maybe he just doesn't have the gusto for, to be a head coach, but nothing he's ever done. I was like, wow, that was, that was impressive. Like he's a good coach. Like never I once. I mean, I definitely think Joe judge has been handicapped by Dave Gettleman who on black Friday, you know, in our black Monday around the NFL, I appreciate the giants that were nice enough to say Dave Gettleman is retiring. No, no, no. Dave Gettleman was getting his ass fired. They let him <laughs> kindly say he was retiring. Uh-huh. I know, and uh, there was one quote, like I said, on the season preview that I was listening today. Dakota, and I quote, doesn't think the Giants are terrible going into the season. <laughs> I did say this, yes. That's, I was like, huh, that's, a, that's an interesting point. We're going to highlight and bring that back up. Well, you know, you know what, though? If you're, if you're Gettleman and you just signed a free agent wide receiver to a $72 million contract, and you drafted another wide receiver in the first round, and Lane Johnson caught more touchdowns than the two of them combined this year. Yeah, crazy. That's a problem. They caught zero touchdowns. Galladay and Tony caught zero. That's a $72 million receiver and a first-round pick. So we can talk about Howie Roseman, and I listen, I love to shit on him as much as anybody else, but you want to talk about a whiff? That 
is an all-timer. Tony had more yeah, uh, uh, ejections than he did touchdowns, too. <laughs> He's, I mean, really, like, it's just, it's the laundry list of them. The Nate Solder signing was terrible. Daniel Jones yeah. does not look like a good quarterback. I mean, they're stuck with him because, you know, what else are you going to do? But, like, even the, uh, what was it, uh, Will Hernandez, another draft pick to save the offense line, was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned the Gallaudet of the Tony. Like, I, I don't think this guy's made a good signing yet. Yeah. I Well, it's just... to give them uh, a little bit of credit, I thought that the offseason was, like, a better offseason for them. They brought in new players, and, you know, good, they were good players that they brought in. It's just they just didn't mesh with the team. Uh, they didn't fit. Because the, um, the coach doesn't deserve to be a coach. And I've been saying yeah, for multiple yeah. years, I hated the Daniel Jones pick at the time. Oh. And I've said for multiple yeah. years, he is not an NFL quarterback. He is not good. I don't see what, why did he get the nickname Danny Dimes? He sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he should be picking up dimes on the street. <laughs> it's tough when you're you're complimenting their their, their front office. Well, I, I, by. They brought in yeah. good football players who all suck now. They did you suck, yeah. I mean, I, I did, instead of just bringing in shitty players that are terrible, at one point they were good, but now think, they're terrible. I think Not we, I think we all knew that Galladay was just cashing out. Like he was, he, you know, that was a that was a just money signing. But I really did think that their defense was going to be better. Like they had some good players, like Leonard Williams. I still thought was a beast, and they had some promising secondary players, and then it just all collapsed. Yeah, but to, yeah, but Dakota, think about this. I will, I will agree with you. We all knew we said that Galladay was going to sign a big contract to a terrible team. He was going to yeah. go get, paid. he was going to go get paid. We knew that. But here's the here's the issue I have with the Giants. Why didn't you force feed them the ball? I see the Eagles try to get Rager the ball more than they make a point of the Giants getting Kenny Galladay the ball. Yeah, that can't happen. Yeah. like that. That just that just just can't happen. I mean, you can't get open is one thing. Your quarterbacks, they can't throw the ball. But again, yeah, I agree. You're spending all this money on this guy. I, you know what? Give him 20 targets a game. You know, just just get your money's worth. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If, if yeah. It's me, you're you're I'm forcing balls in there. I don't care. 15 passes a game. You're getting you're getting 15. Yeah. And if, if you catch four for 15 because the throws suck, well, you're getting 15 targets. You should be leading by a wide margin in targets if you're getting that type of dough. True. Yeah, true. I probably, I probably agree with you. Go well, on. Uh, I did want to get our, our thoughts. So since we did mention it, we are recording on Black Monday. Joe Judge stays. Gettleman retires. I think uh, was it Fangio got fired. Nagy got fired. And yeah. Pace, I believe, was also fired. The GM for Chicago. I think they cleaned house. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe oh, it was he, just Nagy. Pace is gone too. He was in the running is for he? GM okay. of the year like two, three years ago. And now he's gone. That's oh, no, fine. no. He has to. He has to go. Uh, yeah. The Vikings cleared house. Zimmer and uh, Spielman, I believe, is the GM there. Wow. Um, who are, Flores. 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 Big Flores surprise, yeah. yeah. Flores doesn't make sense. Obviously, we're hearing different stuff come out now that maybe he didn't get along with the GM and Tua. That's the only thing that can make logical sense to me because he is a very good coach. Like, you took a team that was dead one and seven and then rally off eight wins to finish with a winning record. That is that is incredible coaching um but i think of, more stuff will come out with that uh to explain that i guess whoever whoever in our group shared that thing about him not meshing with the rest of the team or what or like upper management yeah nick you know what that sort of reminded me of a little bit of doug peterson last year where he didn't mesh with like upper management and what he he wanted was different from what they wanted there was a little bit of a riff with carson and maybe he wanted to go with jalen instead apparently you know flores 
wasn't feeling Tua. It's probably with the whole Deshaun Watson came, Deshaun Watson thing well, came mean, from. So, listen, Deshaun Watson, main reason I think he was interested in Miami, they were saying, is because of Flores. He liked, yeah. he wanted to be coached yeah. for Flores. I, you can't blame the guy to be interested in Deshaun Watson, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who and wouldn't what, be? Well, and if you think about Tua's relationship with him, Tua's first year, I remember that was the quickest I'd seen a first, a top pick quarterback get benched so quickly, like they did with Fitzpatrick. Like yeah. they started with Fitzpatrick and then Tua came in and then he would have a, a slow start. They'd take him out. And I never remember that happening with top quarterbacks before. And I don't know that he handled that that well. And then, and then, no, the, Deshaun, sure. then the Deshaun rumors, um, which when they're talking about one of the top five people at your position, like you really shouldn't be upset. He didn't say anything wrong to the media. You know, like you can't really be that butthurt about it, but I mean, listen, I'll tell you as somebody who cut ties with our coach, the thing I didn't want to see right as we're starting this podcast is uh, breaking news from Broads Media, which I don't know if you guys know Hunter Brody, he's a sports talk with Broads, big fan of his podcast. He put out a, uh, a screenshot, it says breaking, Broncos request permission to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon for vacant head coach <laughs> I, wow. will I told wow. you, right. I told you, <laughs> I will, I will stop. Being oh, I don't know about that on the spot on the spot. I will stop being a Bronco fan. If they hire <laughs> Jonathan Gannon, I cannot stomach that. I don't. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. I feel like there's just some strong candidates out there that, that one. I don't know. I don't know about that one, even interviewing the guy, but I mean, yeah, I don't. Who as as a Broncos fan, who 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 you ideally look for as a coach? I'd love. I mean, I'd love Flores. I'm I'm with I'm with Flores. I like his mentality. There's a lot of young players in Denver. Um, yeah, Flores I'd be, is a very be, good coach. I like I like Flores. I'd like Peterson. Honestly, I'd be cool. I mean, I'd, of course, you know, I'd have I would I'd happily take Peterson. Um, after that, I'm kind of just jumbled. I mean, honestly, I'd take Eric Bieniemy. I'd love yeah. Eric. I'd love Eric Bieniemy. They can make that happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, another note on Flores, because I'm still shocked by it. And I, yeah, I, honestly, if I'm a team that fired my head coach, I would definitely want to interview him right now. What I like, I get it. Maybe he didn't get along with Tua, and you brought it up. Like last year, what they did with Tua with Fitzpatrick mentioned was idiotic. It was so dumb. Like just not how you handled a quarterback. But then Tua showed a lot of growth this year. Like they improved mightily. Like. I just don't understand. Like, yeah, the first year was a disaster, but the second year you saw significant growth with them. And what's even worse is I, the rumors now, is it's Jim Harbaugh that they're talking about. Like, Jim Harbaugh got fired from the Niners because he couldn't get along with the general manager in the upper management. Isn't that the reason you fired Flores? Him and Trent Balke, Jim Harbaugh, Trent Balke hated each other. Yeah. And Jed York, the owner, didn't like Harbaugh. And that's why they moved on from after he was successful. Why would you bring in another guy that if this is the same reason you find Flores for, why would you bring that guy in? I, I just, I don't get it. And Flores inherited a four win team to go back. They were tanking for Tua. They were terrible. Yeah. Well, and they went back to back seasons over 500. Yeah. And then it got fired. Uh, yeah. Doesn't make sense. It does. Like you, he put up five wins for a team that was clearly tanking for Tua to be terrible, which was impressive then. And then you have back to back winning seasons. I, I just I don't know I I don't know the one to seven start and then wheel off eight plus wins that is coaching that is getting your team when they're dead and down not listen to the media and get them up and going like that isn't GMs making roster signings you know the players play better but I I, I don't know what a better example of great coaching than that right there and the improvement onto it just doesn't make sense he he like 
if he was taking a shit on the GM's like car and you know try to bang to his girlfriend or something, then maybe. But like it must have been really bad. I I can't get behind that firing. The Dolphins are a bad franchise, but I, I just I don't know. I don't know about that. I would I would say he's. A lot of times when coaches get fired, they go right into like a coordinator role. I think he's going to go right into another head coaching job. Without a doubt, he's two yeah. back-to-back seasons, winning winning seasons. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of I mean, Nagy and Zimmer were with their teams for quite a while, and uh, I mean the Vanjo. Van I feel like they kind of you know really stretched that out. I feel like the because it wasn't they was they missed the playoffs since what this, since they won the Super Bowl, right? Yep, since 2015. Yeah. So first, first, I think, team, first team to miss the Super Bowl six years after winning. First, first team to miss the playoffs the six seasons after winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think my problem with Fangio is I think he's a good coach. The defensively, obviously, he's a very good coach. But oh yeah, you can never get a quarterback. Like you, Denver can never find a quarterback. And like Fangio made it very clear that the quarterbacks weren't very good. I think on his press conference after the game, which he probably knew he was getting fired, he even said like our quarterbacks aren't nearly as good as the ones in the division. Like. I think he's been very vocal about that throughout the season, just from an outsider looking, I don't know. He's hired some bad offensive coordinators too. Like I get it. You're a defensive guy, but you know, make the right hire when it comes to offensively. I guess you could say that about Flores too, you know, but. And I, and I, and I hate, I hate to be that ageist guy, but like he also was the oldest head coach ever to be a first time head coach. And Yeah. The NFL today is just not the NFL it was 30 years ago. And he yeah. had no – the offense was never fresh. It was never no. – you had so many weapons on that offense. And it was just ne- – I mean, I know Judy was in and out of the lineup with some injuries. Cortland Sutton, though, was consistent all year. K.J. Hamler went down early. But you had Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, who were healthy pretty much all season. And they both had great rushing attacks this year. But they just yeah. didn't, you know, they both went over 800 yards and they, they look great there. But it just was never fresh. It never felt like 2021 football. It felt like I was watching 2010 and it's just not going to work. It's just, it's just not going to yeah. work. It's I mean, it, it, if you fact just looking outside, like you, you gave extensions to Sutton and Patrick during the season. So obviously, that's a sign they had a very good year. Melvin Gordon, I think, has exceeded all expectations from what you could have expected from him. Javante Williams looked good. It just at times just didn't look like this system made sense. It wasn't necessarily the players were playing bad. The system just didn't make sense. You know, it didn't look like it was ever, you know, playing to your strengths. Your offensive line was a little shaky, but, you know, you weren't doing anything to help the offensive line. Well, so before we get back into it real quick, who you guys got for the uh, college football national championship tonight? Oh, I picked Georgia before the playoffs started. I'm sticking with them now. Hmm. I the only time I ever uh, pick against Bama is when Clemson plays. So I'm going to stick with Bama. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm feeling just, the uh, the Georgia wave as well. I just say, man, they were the best team all year. They lost to Bama. But I think, Nick, you said it even earlier to, on this podcast, it's tough to beat a team twice. And if you don't think that Georgia team has been thinking about Alabama since that loss, you're nuts. Uh, I think they come out and make a statement. But listen, it's Bama. You can't, you can't count them out. I did. I did watch uh, highlights of their middle linebacker Dean the other day, and he looks like he gets shot out of a cannon. Yep. Like oh, it's, he is, I get so, I get so like worked up every time I see a mock draft because I always see one of the three Eagles picks being Dean or Lloyd, the Utah linebacker, and it's just so uncharacteristic Philadelphia. But can you just imagine how nice it would be to have a linebacker you knew for the next eight to ten years was just going to lock down 
that deep. And, and the thing about Lloyd and Dean, they both PFF grade over 82 as pass rushers and cover and coverage linebackers. When do you yeah. get that combination? It's just, oh, my Michael goodness. Parsons. Michael yeah. Parsons is that yeah. combination. That's, right. I got to say, I don't know. We can wait. We can wait till we get to the awards. But one of the things I did come across uh, on the preview is you had Parsons as the defensive rookie of the year and pretty much predicted his dominance. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's a good call. Dakota Foolish should pick Patrick Sertain. Yay. I, said, I, I think know, I had Parsons as right. like a backup. But I, nah. knew, I knew. I knew. I knew. Backup. I knew Parsons. Get the fuck out of here. I, t- I listen. I had Parsons pegged as like, if you weren't going to get Devontae, that's who I wanted. I was like, Parsons is just such a beast. And watching him this year, man, oh my goodness. I love Devontae Smith and he's who I wanted in the draft. But could you imagine drafting Parsons and then maybe looking at like Jamison Williams or or Drake, yeah. the dude from USA this year? It would have been uh, not, yeah. not a bad little uh, way the cookie crumbled there. So, but um, what all right? So, what do we, how do we want to roll into next? I think we got over the coaches firing. Do we want to do playoff predictions? Um, what do we got? You want you want to do your studs and duds? Did you have those this week? Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, I did. Well, not this week, but I did the season's one. Oh, season full season studs, studs and duds. Season studs oh. and duds. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I yeah. yeah. You want um, this week? I didn't even bother. Obviously, Wentz would have been number one, but for the duds. But no, I got my my season studs and duds. All right. Serum, and then we'll run into the playoff predictions. All righty, sounds good. Alrighty. Um, so moving on to studs and duds, how are we feeling? We, the Eagles lost, which usually determines I think, but we are in the playoffs. So I think ultimately the mood is still well, still good. Start with the studs. Sure. So this is for the entire season, obviously not just the week since we wrapped up the season. Uh, so since it is for the whole season, I'm a hell of a guy. I went even a little bit further and have an honorable mention. So for this, and this one really hurt me because I really wanted to put him in there, especially after this last game and the fact that they're going to the playoffs, but I gotta said my honorable mention for the studs list for the year is Rich Basaggia, the interim coach for the Raiders. Like, if you wrap your mind around what he did, he got this team to the playoffs. After, I mean, just pick what you want. The amount of nonsense that this team's gone through, even just recently. You know, their their stud rookie cornerback just got arrested for your DUI last week. The you know the circumstances where he took over for John Gruden and everything he was going through, obviously the rugs, the Damon Arnett. I mean, just one thing after another. I really got to say it's one. Of the, I think it's one of the most impressive coaching performance I've ever seen. I don't know if they're going to consider him for coach of the year because he was you know came in midway through the season. But how many teams do you see fire a coach midway through the season to make it to the playoffs? Uh, really, really impressive, impressive it's a, performance it's, for, it's, for it Rich Sacha. It uh, it, it's not the same sport or the same circumstances but nate mcmillan did the same thing with the atlanta hawks last year he came in oh, in yeah. february and they were terrible and then he brought them to the eastern conference finals and that was that was amazing to watch you know what there was one other again different sports but like uh baruby i remember old flyers coach did it with the blues a couple of years ago when they won the stanley cup but i mean really uh, you got to give your hats off for this guy this is the fact that they never gave up after everything they went through it was just every other week was nuts uh, I mean, this wasn't like the Bills or the Chiefs or the Packers dealing with this. This was like a middle-of-the-tier team, and he just kept them going. So really impressive. But um, he was honorable mention. I really want to put him in there, but we had some terrific performances this year. Um, so we'll get to them. So third stud, um, this guy was – I mean, I got to say he's probably the breakout player of the year from when you talk about a guy that was going to be ascended into elite status. I think, Nick, you mentioned it already. You talked about uh, the stat – 
differential between the rush rushing leaders and you know the next guy up so i mean he was probably the mvp for majority of the season in a league that you know looks past the running game but went for a thousand eight hundred and eleven yards i don't care if you play 17 games or 16 games that is fucking impressive especially considering nick chubb was the next guy up with a thousand two hundred fifty nine he had about, uh, I think it was like 20 total touchdowns uh, or 18 touchdowns. Truly dominant performance all throughout and kind of carried that team throughout the season. So Jonathan Taylor is my third stud of the year this year. Out of three? Damn. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was it was tough. I, I feel confident. I mean, I probably had these three studs down like three weeks ago. I, it didn't really move too much for me. But the guy, you know, it, the other two were just incredible. So moving on, this one, second stud, we got, uh, we got two record breakers in the first stud one and stud two on the season. This guy tied the record, but it's a 17-game season, but this guy did it in 15 games. And, you know, he missed two full games, and he was, you know, iffy. I think he missed three quarters of one of the other games. Tied one of, I got to say, one of the most impressive records in the NFL. Putting up 22 and a half sacks. He had five forced fumbles, which was top five. And if you look at this team, the Steelers that are in the playoffs, like if you look at the team, Ben is so washed up. The offense is very lackluster. Their run defense is embarrassing. The defense lives and breathes. The team lives and breathes through TJ Watt. And their sack numbers are incredible because he tied Strahan's record and everything. But I don't think they're in the playoffs without TJ Watt. And I don't think that's an, an overstatement either. I, I think him as a defense player is the most important player on that team. And it's not even close. So he's my second stud on the year, you know, record breaking performance. You, you got to go with uh, what you see. And considering he tied Strahan in one last game than Strahan is just remarkable. Moving on. We got another record breaker here at number one, our number one stud this year. And I think when you talk about like, just consistently every week who dominated who's been the best player pretty much weekend and week out when I made my stud list this was a guy that could have been pretty much on it every single week he did something that I didn't think would ever happen it's incredible to think but he won the triple crown of receiving setting a record for 1,947 yards 16 touchdowns and then a buck 45 in receptions he nearly had the receptions record he's averaged a touchdown a game and almost had 2,000 receiving yards and Listen, like I said, he's been the model of consistency. He's dominated since week one, and still no one could stop him. You knew he was going to be incredible. You knew they were going to throw the ball to him. And up until the end of the season, he just dominated every single week. And if you factor in, you know, they brought in Odell. Robert Woods was there before he got hurt. They drafted Van Jefferson. They had a lot of other options there. It didn't matter. They just fed him the ball, and he continued to produce. So I think the number one stud this year and, you know, the best player uh, I'm going to pick, he's got my MVP vote when we go to the awards later. He was just truly outstanding and dominant all year. Was up. I guess white men can jump. I mean, dude, white men can <laughs> jump, run, catch touchdowns, do everything. He was unstoppable. I mean, Calvin Johnson was incredible, and that rookie, that record season he had was great. Yeah. But this was, I got to say, probably the best wide receiver season i've seen in a very long time and you see the struggles that stafford is having recently he's he is the heartbeat of that offense and I, it's not even close yeah well he's like a security blanket for him essentially i've i've blown away by how how good he's been this year i i did not 
I don't know. I won't say I was a hater, but I thought he was overrated the past few seasons. People have been like gassing him up. I was like, yeah, he's, like he's just some like, you know, he's just having a, you know, a nice season here and there. But I, hat, hats off. He's he had a hell of a year. I'm the consistency. Yeah. And, and, and impressively, he did it even after Robert Woods went down. I thought after Robert Woods went down and he got more coverage rolled his way, that I thought that production was really going to drop off. And he just continued. It was like, it, it reminded me a lot of like Devonte Adams season last year. You knew yeah. it was going to him, and it didn't matter. Yeah. You did. It just didn't matter. He was getting over 100 yards each game. He was getting six to eight catches, and he was scoring once or twice. It was just like inevitable. You knew it was going to happen, and it was miraculous. And you know, he's the first Triple Crown winner since Steve Smith in 05. And I can remember really. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I I thought he was the first one. I couldn't think of one up top of my head. Steve Smith. No. Okay. Yeah, the only like the only like modern era ones are Jerry Jerry Rice did it in ninety, Sterling Sharp did it in ninety two, hmm. and uh, Steve Smith did it in 05. Wow, wow, that's a pretty good company. To be fair, you know what? He does remind me a lot of Steve Smith. He's like that smaller stature, yeah. great route runner. He's great in the slot, but can also bump outside. Very yeah, strong. I like that. I like that comparison. Very, 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 very strong. Did you see his interview after the game where the reporter asked him how to play and he went into absolute like oh, yeah. film mode? Like he oh, broke yeah. down every oh, coverage. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this guy is locked in. He's just, you can tell he's, there. He, he's very much, a smart coach. And I think he rubs off. I'm sorry, Dakota. I'll let you go. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think he's very much that, that kind of guy, the kind of player that just like really loves the game and wants to like understand the game. Where and and willing to put in the time. I feel like we have so many players that make it to the league, and they just they're playing because they they're good at they happen to be good at the sport, and they you know they like it. But this guy really like you know you can tell he's got a passion for it. He'll probably be one of those players turned coaches when way down the road when he retires. But oh, I mean, he's he can, he's young. He can teach wide receivers on any team. I, I I'm a fan of. Yeah, he's got he's, – he's not my MVP, but he definitely uh, definitely deserves, you know, that kind of credit. So he's He's got my MVP. I think he's been the best player all year. Right. You know, obviously it's a quarterback league, but yeah. from week one to week 16, just pure dominance every single week, and it never stopped. Right. I think I, – th- I think I, – I know we – I don't want to, you know, I'm going to throw my own little honorable mention guy in there, but – I think he gets so over. I think that he is sort of like the LeBron, and the expectations are always so high that we just kind of like brush over the things that he did. But we, can we just take a second to acknowledge before this weekend? Because I don't want to acknowledge it on Sunday, but I'll acknowledge it today <laughs> that Brady just led the NFL in completions, yards, touchdowns, and yep. attempts through fifty three hundred yards. Yep. Yeah. Like he threw the most completions in his career this year. Ever he threw the most completions. Oh yeah, ever in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ever. And it's unreal. He's 44, and, 43. And think, and, and again, think about the people who went down. Mike Evans has been hobbled. Godwin towards ACL. Yep. Antonio Brown missed games for Vax card, then left the team and had injuries. <laughs> he's throwing a, you know, a 38 year old Gronk. He's doing this. Like he's picking up hey, that touchdown. He threw against the jets. I don't even know who threw the ball to, you know, yeah, I, <laughs> it was one of the yeah. best throws I've seen all year with 13 yeah. seconds left to go in a game. And he uncorked an, absolute missile yeah you know yeah. Rashad Perryman I didn't know he was still in the NFL I thought he was working at Best Buy oh <laughs> hey, UCF great right there UCF great 
all of a sudden he's catching touchdowns from him. Him and him and Danny Dimes are uh, on the Best Buy corner picking up. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, it felt like it felt like it was like when we were playing we were playing Jaquette last year in corner, and I was like trying to watch my eyes bleed watching the Eagles play defense. God. Yeah, no, I, I mean you are right. He he continues to do it, which is just amazing. He had a great season again. I mean, listen, he's he's definitely in the the MVP conversation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah, him and some other guys for sure. I mean, Bra- is there ever been a year where Brady, maybe his last year in, in New England, is probably the only year I can think of that he just wasn't really in the running. But besides that, yeah. it's every year. Hey, it's a great year. But hey, those are my studs on the 2021 season. Obviously, when you have good, you got to have the bad. Sure. So we'll roll right into the duds list. And I got to say, I, I was texting you to about this. The, the studs was easy. I pretty much had those three picked out in my head like three weeks ago. They've just been dominant all year. And, they, you know, why and uh, uh, Cup were coming in on some impressive records. Mm-hmm. The duds list was pretty easy up top. It was the last dud that was tricky. So the honorable mention was one that was – I was splitting hairs with the other guy. So honorable mention, I have a quarterback. And my third dud, I have a quarterback. My honorable mention, though, being Russell Wilson, who definitely stepped back. And there's mm. a team definitely stepped back. And, you know, he had the broken thumb, but it really wasn't a strong year from. What split these hairs, though, with me and the next guy is Russell Wilson, I think next year will be elite. I don't think Russell Wilson has fallen off a cliff. He might be on a different team, but I'm very confident he's going to go back to being an elite quarterback. My third dud, and this was the tough one, I think. I was thinking, who came in the season and then ended the season just miles lower in expectations, performance, and, like, just outlook? And there was one quarterback that came to mind, and, you know, I was thinking about you, Dakota, on this one because – this is the team, and I always bust on you because you love the team so much, but you hate the quarterback. And again, I don't think anyone can say that anyone had a more expectations outlook and you know hope than Baker Mayfield coming into the season with a team that people were expected to go deep in the playoffs. And now the Browns are in a situation where Baker Mayfield is might not be the quarterback they want in the future. His stats, you know, he went for 3,000 yards. He had 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, nothing impressive. He dealt with injuries all year, which I get. But yeah. he looked – he's not – he didn't look good at all this year. You you factor in the Odell Beckham situation, which, I mean, listen, I, I'm not an Odell guy, but I'm definitely not blaming Odell for what happened in Cleveland. I don't know if getting your dad to post a, you know, a 10-minute hate video on your quarterback's <laughs> the way of handling it. But Different. Odell leaving was just kind of magnifying blessing the limit – the limit, you know, the limits of Baker Mayfield. You know, he really can't, you know – a strong passing game is not what you're going to get with Baker. This is a run first offense that, you know, had banged up running backs. Hunt missed most of the year. Chubb was in and out. The offense line got hurt. And I think that's where the, the Browns struggle was. You look at Baker and considering where they're at now, obviously they talked, they've been, you know, rumors that they're interested in Deshaun Watson. I don't think there's a chance that they even talked to him about an extension in the off season. I really think that Baker's in a make it or break it kind of year going into the next season. It's you could see this guy walk from Cleveland when he was going into the season, going to be the guy that was going to lead the Browns to a deep playoff run with this awesome roster. He was the guy, he was finally the quarterback that got it right, but I don't think he did anything this season to make anyone excited going forward. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not a bigger fan, but I don't think he was, I mean, he literally, I don't think he was healthy a single game. Maybe, maybe the start of the year, but they had a lot of injuries they were dealing with. I mean, even with the Seahawks thing, like their, I mean, their defense was horrible. Russ was coming back from a finger, like a hand injury, and I don't know. I would have, I would have maybe went with like a Sam Darnold, 
you know, he was pretty hey, bad. But, you know, hold on, hold on. I, I get that. Like, I could have thrown Darnold out there, Mike White, Tyrod Taylor, Mike Glennon, Daniel Jones, whoever you want. But, like, what are the expectations we have for them? You know, <laughs> what did we expect? From All right, that's, like, that's I, fair. I, I mean, I really expected expect Sam Darnold to from... start and be decent for the, the Panthers, but he was But Sam horrible. Darnold's been terrible his entire career. He just Well, was you thought that again. maybe he leaves the Jets and he changes, you know, picks it up. Re- Baker, reunites though, with Robbie Anderson, but. Yeah, you, you thought these things might happen, but he just continued to be what we know he is. Baker went going into the season. People thought the Browns were going on a deep run. You and Nick both had the Browns in the NFC, AFC Championship game at 12 and 5. They still they have everyone talent. expected them. The Cleveland thought that you know Baker was the quarterback finally after they went through 30 of them. And there's no no way to wrap your mind to say it other than Baker is in question going forward. I, I think Stefanski was taking interviews. Is Baker your quarterback in 2022? Of course he said yes. You know, he's not going to say that, you know, at the end of the year now. But he's up for an extension. Allen, Josh Allen, the same draft class signed one already. I would imagine Lamar Jackson's going to sign an extension this offseason. If I'm the Browns, I don't even consider extending Baker. I need to see it now because mm-hmm. he was your weak spot. You know, this was a run-first offense all throughout um, the first couple of years of his career, and that was where they succeeded. And the run offense was weak this year with injuries. And Baker could not do anything. And I think Odell just magnified um, through, you know, a video his dad posted of how limited he is in the passing game. So I think if you, the expectations coming into the season and where they are now, I, I think Baker has to be your dud. I, no one had a worse year expectation lies and, and his outlook than Baker. In my mind. I mean, if that, yeah, if that's your premise for that, I can, I can see where you're coming from. But. Moving on, we have a fun one here because, oh, you know, listen, there's there's certain teams when they find their way on the dud list, they make me smile. And this is one of them. So I want to get the crowd involved here. So the crowd. tell me, Nay, the, what does this group of players all have in common? Connor McDermott from the, from the New York Jets. Lane Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles. Terrence Steele from the Dallas Cowboys. Danny Pinter from the Colts. And Robert Hunt from the Miami Dolphins. They all caught one touchdown. They're all offensive linemen that caught more touchdowns than my second does. What does this list? What does this list have in common? Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, who was on my still list, Mike Evans, all have in common. Are you paid the same? They're all getting are they underpaid? (laughs) They're all getting paid less this season than my second dud was. You want to talk about bang for your buck. Oof. Talk about a waste of money. I mean, he had the sixth highest. Then. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, the opposite. I don't the know. Opposite. What's, what's, what's the opposite of bang? Buckle? The buckle for your buck? The buckle for your buck. Okay. He had the sixth highest wide receiver salary this year. Damn, he had, that was that bad. I think 527 yards, zero touchdowns. Man, I, I just listed you a whole bunch of offensive line and I had more touchdowns than him. And I get it. That whole team is a, a shit show and the whole offense is a shit show, but you brought in a number one wide receiver, paid him to be a number one wide receiver, and he didn't even look like a special teamer. So Kenny Galladay, who's got to be one of the worst free agent signings we've seen in quite some time, yeah, is my second dud this year. And mostly because, man, this is year one of this four-year deal he signed. I don't think there's anything. I mean, at this point, I think New York is just looking at when they can pay out the guarantee dollars and just move on. I got to tell you, I'm a little intrigued who's number one after see I heard Galladay, too, because that's a real big art, the case for number one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. Number one is is intriguing, but I promise you it's obvious. Because my crazy. number one dud. Real quick, though, what's crazy is that 
it was either last year or the year before. One of us had Galladay in our top 10 wide receivers. I think it was two oh, years okay. ago. Relax. Yeah, that was two years ago. No, I'm just saying, like, that's a huge – the same with Mike Thomas. Like, it just shows how fluent – Mike Thomas isn't even going to suit up again. Nobody wants him. They're sick of his prima donna shit. Yeah, he's uh, – Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. That's a shame. That's where the songs go. It's like, could you imagine how, how quick the NFL comes? Mike Thomas it, it sets a record, misses the next two years, and I thought Cooper Cup was going to break it. Could you imagine – the next time you lace up a pair of cleats from your record-setting game is when your record's already been broken. Yeah, that'd be wild. But, yeah, he survives another one. Right, so the next one? one, and this one, it is intriguing. I know the Galladay was a pretty strong one, but this one, this one's obvious. This guy had more TMZ headlines than I think he had wins. His name was – every time his name was mentioned was in a bad way, whether it was oh, getting oh, dry-humped oh, in a bar or whether it was <laughs> teaching his kicker how to kick while kicking him or while he was just <laughs> – while he's telling his entire staff of assistant coaches that he hired that they're all losers. <laughs> the guy who we all knew was going to be a terrible hire, but somehow blew us all, all, all of our expectations out of the water. Couldn't even finish the season. Urban Meyer had the worst coaching tenure I can ever remember. He is our number one dud, and I don't even think it's close. And Kenny Galladay put up a strong case, but Man, Urban was preached and quired as he's going to save it. We all knew it was a bad idea, but he just, he shocked us all, shocked us all. So Urban Meyer on the 2021 season, you're my number one dud. Yeah, that I I honestly completely forgot about him. Um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was, that was good. Yeah, the That's whole, whole kicking his kicker thing bit. just still cracks me up. And that came out after he was fired. That just tells you how much other shit he did before. He no, I think it was fired. like the day before. <laughs> I don't that was Josh Lambeau had an ear to the door, knew it was coming. He's like, all right, I feel safe putting this out there now. I, gotta, I can't even imagine just like what the players went through to deal with him. Like, like you see your head coach on the, on the news and on the internet at a bar grinding with some college girl. Like what, what goes through your head? Like, does this guy really care about my team? Does he want us to succeed or is he well, just... You would, well, you wouldn't know yet because you'd be on the plane home from your away game and you haven't landed yet. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah. yeah, you're right. I do. I, do pop, hey, I have a pop quiz for you, a little audience game. Oh, the audience so, guy? I like this. So it's, you know, it doesn't qualify at those top three duds, but it does put a little smile in my heart. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you happen to know there's a quarterback who tied Jalen Hurts for passing yards per game after I heard all year, how bad of a passer he was. Do you know what quarterback that is? Passing yards per game. Passing yards per game. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the way it was framed, that's someone good. I'm going to say, I mean, we definitely haven't been dominating passing. I'm, I'm going to say Mahomes. Mahomes has been erratic. It's not Mahomes. No. Is it an active, active starter this year? Is an active starter this year. Matter of fact, this starter played every game, which is a pretty big shock. Big shot. Actually, that's a big hint. Played every game. Played every game. Uh, let me just run through all the teams real quick in my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I had my guess. I'll, I'll let you feel this one. Um, I don't, not, not, it's not Tom Brady, obviously. Nope. Tom Brady led the league. And I know. Yeah. <laughs> Rodgers? I on there to cut him. No. Because Rodgers, I feel like, didn't have a huge, like, stat year. No, low. He had his typical year: a lot of touchdowns, low interceptions. Hmm. 
must be nice. So one of the big guys. Who else is still? Who was it? Uh, it's not one of the big guys. Oh, it's somebody you've oh, been compared oh. to forever. Was it Dak Prescott? No. Oh, oh my God! Was Why would this make me happy that he's a Dak Wentz? Wentz game two hundred nine point six per game. But Hertz rushed for 784 yards and 10 touchdowns, and Wentz rushed for 215 and one touchdown. So Hertz, Hertz had more total yards and touchdowns, not and touchdowns. I think they had about the same amount of touchdowns. He had 16 passing touchdowns, I think. Yeah, and then he had 10. So he had 26 to Wentz's 28 touchdowns total, yeah. but beat him in uh, total yards. And they had the exact same to the 10th yards per game passing. So when somebody tries to tell you that – Oh, he can't pass the ball. Well, he passed the ball just as efficiently as Carson Wentz did this year. Uh, he's in the playoffs too. And listen, we, I give, I mean, I, I'm more than anyone. I'll admit this. I give Howie so much crap, but this season has really, really changed my mind on how I were like things blossomed. I mean, look, we have three first round picks from all you And the one first round pick you got out of moving backwards to get Devontae Smith, who we all wanted anyway, the Colts, you know, the Colts now sitting at home. At, without being in the playoffs makes you feel very good. The fact that you got a first and a third out of him. The couple of the contract extensions he gave, like Josh Sweat, I thought had a strong year. TJ Edwards, we finally have linebackers now. He locked them up. Maddox, he locked up. Like, hey, I'll give Howie credit. Malata, yeah, I'll give Howie credit. I This was a strong year for him. This was a strong year. Between the draft, the draft picks that he traded for and the way he did it, got out of the contracts where we have some cap space, and he extended the guy's that are solid players, you know, I and, and give them a lot of credit. Traded a six round pick for Gardner Minshew. Oh, you're right. Now, yeah. Which is now being viewed as a guy who they could get a second or a third round pick for in return. Yeah. This year. I no gripe with, with Howie. This was definitely a strong, strong year for him. And, you know, I mean, even little things like I, a guy that I thought was terrible, like Herbig who played a lot at the season, he had his woes, but listen, this guy, solid for if he's our reserve offensive guard going forward i'm definitely down with that landon dickerson i like the pick but a lot of people shitted on howie for that he's looked incredible he's pretty mm-hmm. much started every game this season and dominated I, I hats off milton williams was another guy who's starting to walk into his own a guy who had the scouts yelling at howie roseman on national tv has actually looked pretty good i hats off to howie howie had a strong year and strong well. season year you got gainwell in the gainwell, fifth round yeah he's, a, he's obviously a fifth round pick he ran for like 80 yards jalen on hurts. the cowboys yeah obviously jalen hurts has made him look you know very <clears> good because he looks like a solid starting quarterback and i i think he's quieted you know who's our starting quarterback next year at least um i mean good for howie i was ripping howie a new one pretty much all off season and he really came out and was strong this year this year so that's yeah. off to howie but I think we can. Uh, yeah, say? I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit. Let's just go right into our award winners since we're already on the topic of the players and stuff. So, okay, um, we'll start with uh, defensive and offensive rookies of the year. Nick, you want to go first? Who you got? I mean, defensive. I feel like this is an easy yeah. question. Like he, <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> he's getting votes for defensive player of the year overall. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Micah Parsons is absolutely. Um, and Jamar Chase, I feel like it's just, it's not even like one of those things that there's much of a question. What they both did, especially both of them who didn't play last year, mm-hmm. the two guys yeah. who opted out, didn't play football yeah. for a full year, um, just came in absolutely 
you know, the Bengals are no longer asking, you know, why didn't we draft Penny Sewell? Trust me, they are very happy. They're going to have Joe Burrow throwing Jamar Chase the ball for oh, a yeah. long time to come. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. That's, I, I mean, I think these are the two easiest ones. I, I'm, I mean, I agree fully with you. Jamar Chase looks like an elite number one wide receiver. And then Mike Parsons looks like a guy who could have 10 sacks and cover tight ends at the same time and have 100 tackles. So terrifies me because he's on the Cowboys, but the dominant performance by them both. And yeah. even, you know, it's crazy. Remember how bad the Cowboys defense was? And then they used every single pick on a defensive player in the draft last year. I'd never uh-huh. seen that done before. Mm-hmm. Every single pick. The tryout. They, they yeah. pick. You know, you, you can't miss. If you, you know, some people got to make it. If you, you, you know, you can miss on a couple, but some you're going to hit on. And their defense this year, so improved. So, yeah. so improved. Hey, another guy that's going to be talked about in head coaches when we're talking about fires, Dan Quinn, man, hats off to him. I, I never thought he was a bad coach. I just think you can't recover from that Super Bowl. But that defensive turnaround, I know they brought in Parsons, Trevon Diggs emerged, but you cannot give him enough credit. I it, I don't know if we're going to do assistant coaches of the year. I don't know if that's an award, to be honest with you, but it's he's not. got my vote. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would definitely vote for him. Second would be the Philadelphia Eagle fans who convinced Senior Sirianni to run the ball. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting Byron Leftwich up there, man. I love what he's done. Fair enough. I like Leftwich, too. He'd be good in Jacksonville. I, would love, I, want, I want him to get that Jags head coach job. Yeah. come full circle yeah um yeah i i obviously this is probably the most unanimous offensive defensive rookies of the year i've seen in a couple of years um and I, honestly the whole jamar chase thing like i was also i have the thing like draft the lineman don't get your quarterback killed but man i and i like joe mixon a lot so i already was kind of like vibing with the Bengals. but i'm gonna i'm gonna hop on this Bengals bandwagon coming up in these next few years because they got a lot of swagger going on. You see Joe yeah. Burrow after they won that the AFC uh, North Championship had a cigar in the locker room. They're all dancing. They're Listen, they're we fun all to wanted watch. Joey they're Burrow exciting. With the cigar. We all wanted it. We we saw oh, in the yeah. college championship. We all wanted it again. But what are we uh, moving? Do we go defensive or offensive player of the year on this one? Um, let's start with uh, defensive player of the year because I think that's also pretty unanimous. We'll set it off there, my beautiful ginger beard friend. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, TJ Watt, who I feel like I've been saying for the past two, three years, is already – I mean, his brother JJ had a really, really incredible stretch in his career. But ever since his injuries, he just hasn't been the same player. And I think TJ's already kind of – he's on the rise to be better than JJ ever was. And that's saying a lot because JJ was oh, a defensive yeah. player of the year himself. So, but yeah, I mean, when you tie the sack record in less games, what was it, 15 games? It, yeah. He was the, much like Mike, Micah Parsons was the reason that the Cowboys defense turned around. Uh, JJ Watt or TJ Watts, the reason the Steelers are even, uh, you know, alive in the playoffs right now because he's just that important of a player. But yeah, he's, he's my yeah. vote. I agree with you fully. I mean, listen, I already made the argument in the studs, most of the stuff that you yeah, repeated, Dakota, yeah. which I appreciate. You can you can put me on your work cited. Um, so, yeah, okay. I won't get too much into it. All the reasons I mentioned before, he's my defense player of the year, too. Yeah. Right. Nick, any objections? No. Okay. No. And then, uh, Tim, let you start off with uh, offensive player of the year. Well, I mean, I already kind of showed my hand and I previewed it. If I'm voting the guy for MVP, I'm putting him as offense player of the year, too. Uh, I mean, the triple crown, the record-setting yards, it just dominates week in, week out. I'm going Cooper Cup. Just incredible what we saw from him this year. 
and even honestly more prestigious of an award than the offensive player of the year is number one stud on my 2021 list. And that's the one there's no trophy, but the, it's pride. I, uh, yeah, I just blacked out real quick. <laughs> what are we, we're doing a offensive player of the year. Correct. Get yourself I, a producer who blacks out in the middle of the show. I, guess I was, well, I was watching the, the. You asked the question. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was texting someone back, and then I was also looking at the TV because of the game, and I was like, what were we talking about? Um, hey, did someone send you, like, a new picture? Or did you get a booty call address or no, something? They just no, dropped your jaw and took every, exciting. you know, not uh, whatever, picture, train off whatever, whatever picture Joe Judge has, Dakota just saw. Yeah. Which, no, he yeah. just saw it. It dropped yeah. his jaw, knocked that train off the track. He couldn't even remember his own question. It's part of Gruden's emails and that whole chain. So, you know. I saw a little drool coming out of your mouth, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I I will admit that, you know, as someone who, uh, I guess, technically, Tim, we're kind of analysts, journalists at this point, you know. Yeah much as we talk about football, I, you know, analysts get it wrong. I was very wrong about Jonathan Taylor. And, oh, and well, I mean, look, it's going to be my, I'm going to record that and make that my ringtone. <laughs> I, uh, I said, I, I said he was a good player. I just wasn't ready to crown him as, as a top running back. And he oh, must've watched the episode and was like, well, this guy doesn't know shit. And, um, yeah, he's been he's incredible. He was the reason the Colts were alive. Cause like you said, Carson was, I mean, Carson's numbers weren't um, – they weren't jumping off the board, but, like, his interceptions were relatively low for most of the season, and it's because he was basically a game manager, and their offense was going through Taylor. Um, and then, you know, the, the Taylor kind of got shut down a little bit in that game against the Jags, and they – I think he only had, like, 15 or 16 carries, so they kind of got away from him after I think he had, like, 65, 70 yards. But, yeah, I mean, all, all year – and when you when you – you know, when you're in the running with Derrick Henry for most of the season and then you just blow away the rest of the competition, he beat Chubb by what, 500 some yards, you know, it's, it's something special. And I think he deserves some votes for MVP. I think if they'd made the playoffs, it would have been a little more appealing, but um, yeah, yeah, I'll give Jonathan Taylor my offensive player of the year vote. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. It's a toss up for me for those two. I think I think I go Cooper Cup just because of winning the triple crown. And I think oh, yeah. the, the consistency he showed. Um, also, fun fact, the Colts were 0 and 7 when Jonathan Taylor rushed for under 100 yards. So yeah, that's your that, offense. Was, that, was, that was, you know, that was a big focal point of their of their offense. Um, so definitely it's like a one A, one B for me with those two for offensive player of the year. Um, I have a different MVP, but um, but Cup. I think just winning the triple crown, his consistency, his leadership, all of it, you know, I'd probably go with Cooper Cup. Fair enough. I'll, uh, I, I guess we're going to roll an MP. So I'll cut in mind so you guys can have time because I mean, I've already stated mine. I, I know it's a quarterback award, but listen, Cooper Cup was dominant and most valuable player in my mind. So I'm sticking with it. His, he had by far the best season, but I know it's a quarterback award. I know he's probably not going to win, but in my heart, he wins. So I'll let you guys go. Cause I'm actually curious what you guys say. Um, yeah. So my, I mean, my MVP is pretty lame, but I mean, you, you have a guy who goes into the, the off season team turmoil doesn't like his, you know, the own, like the front office, you know, wants better players here and there, which actually on paper, like his team is pretty stacked, honestly. Um, yeah. He has elite talent at every position. It's just not like the depth isn't there. But I mean, when you have 
arguably the best receiver in the league, one of the best running backs, one of the best cornerbacks, one of the best edge rushers, one of the, some of the best linemen. It helps, but I think all year Aaron Rodgers has just been money. Um, you know, he had that first bad game. The whole as a team, they were terrible against. I think it was the Saints, and yeah. uh, just turned it around right after that. Um, I mean, he's he's had some ups and downs with his uh, off the field stuff, which is somewhat comical with the whole like, yes, he's got his um, whatever he said about his vaccination. He's immunized. Yeah, he's immunized, which you know <laughs> technically answers the question, but also doesn't, which is whatever. But yeah, I just I like think... where he was taking advice from uh, Dr. Joe Rogan. That was my personal oh, favorite. God. Yeah, <laughs> off off field, I, I'm not a fan of Rogers really, but you can't deny his production on the field and i mean he just he's got to have one of the, the prettiest balls like he, the way he just throws is <laughs> but i wasn't the only one laughing at that hey hey no homo like we're you know <laughs> no no go ahead no you're good he's got pretty balls what can i say <laughs> but yeah rogers is my mvp <laughs> We'll end it on the pretty balls note. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is this is tough for me. Um, I went back and forth with the with the obvious, you know, Brady Rogers debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've said this, you know, multiple times during other pods. But I think one of the hardest things to do is to play well after you win a, super, a championship or after you get paid. I think that's always one of the hardest things to do. I think players always have a drop off, um, which probably led to, you know, a little bit of stagnancy for some time this year. Uh, they both had the same records, Green Bay and Tampa Bay were both 13 and four. Um, but I think just the injuries that the Bucks had to deal with this year, I mean, most people forget their secondary has been hurt pretty much all year, like yeah. all year, their corners or safeties have been out. Um, Chris Godwin tears his ACL, Len- Leonard Fournette, you miss, you lose on the end. Uh, Antonio Brown missed seven games this year for the injury or suspension. Mike yeah. Evans is at a hamstring strain all year. Uh, he threw to Brashad Perryman, Cyril Grayson, who was a track star who turned into a receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson caught catching balls from him. Uh, Gronk NBA somehow, player? Yes. Yeah. Gronk, <laughs> Gronk somehow still, you know, be, being a productive player out there. Um, his stat, you know, the only stat that obviously Rodgers has better is he throws, he threw less picks. But at the same time, Brady threw about 160 more passes. Yeah. Um, so he's throwing a lot more. I just think overall what he's done, and hey, hate me or love me for it, but I think when you're a distraction to your team versus you're somebody who's actually saying people should be kind to Antonio Brown after Antonio Brown went and blasted Tom Brady on podcast after that, and just kind yeah. of, and you know, they're playing the Eagles, and he says, hey, they were one of the toughest people we played all year. Um, what he's done, what he's shown up and done this year, played all 17 games at 44 years old, threw 5,300 yeah. yards, um, most touchdowns in the NFL. Most they asked him, he never dropped back less than 30 times in a game this whole year. He threw over 30 passes every single game this year. He threw over 54 times. He was asked, yeah. to, he was asked to carry the load and do way more than anybody in the NFL was asked to do. And at his age, that to me is it's just incredible. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to see a 44 year old quarterback have this type of season again. It's not to say that Rod, what Rodgers did wasn't, you know, impressive. It was impressive. Um, 
But if I'm going to give someone the nod, I know it feels like the, like, Hey, you could do this every year, but I just feel like the, what he put together, especially this year. Cause all I heard last year was, well, of course he had a great year. Look at his team. They're so stacked. They weren't stacked this year. He never had a healthy team all year. He was always yeah. being oh, asked. Yeah. He was always a lot of adversity, um, you know, to do that. And I just think you threw that all together at the year after winning a Super Bowl. He had to really keep his head down, you know, keep that hunger. The guy's won seven rings. I mean, he's got to start getting fitted for toe rings. And yeah, still comes out this hungry. I just, I, yeah, I, gotta I considered it, it. I considered it. Yeah, before we uh, get into the playoff predictions, I got to say, obviously, it's a quarterback award. I'm sticking with Cooper Cup because he deserves it. I would take Brady. I think Brady's got my MVP vote this year. What he did was impressive. He put the glue. He was the glue to put them together. But I'm sticking with Cup. I like to buck the trend. Buckle, <laughs> buck the trend, buckle the trend, whatever you want to do. Whatever you say, man. But uh, All right. Moving on. Playoffs? Yep, to the playoffs. So, Super Bowl. Crazy to think that the uh, – I mean, we all, I think, did predict the Eagles to make – the wild card so we were we were pretty correct Can on I, that. actually you know what i'll give you credit here dakota mm-hmm. every once in a while you give me this no sojamas incredible prediction i think during the nba season you predict this the the bucks to beat the suns in six games in like the beginning of the season and begin the playoffs i don't know you actually had the buccaneers playing the eagles in the first round of the playoffs you had the uh, eagles as the sixth seed and the buccaneers as the third third seed on oh. uh, the preview so every once in a while you get one of these ridiculous predictions that dakota hits like on the head so hats off to you my friend that was who, a good call who did i have winning that game uh i mean do i have to tell you i, you know. <laughs> I know so, you picked the eagles to beat the buccaneers in the regular season but you didn't do it in the playoffs yeah no uh well i mean that that was like the whole thing with what uh what nick was saying you can't it's hard to beat the opponent twice so i thought they were just going to catch fire then but yeah same kind of thought process here. So we can start off with that game. Um, that's on Sunday at one o'clock. Bucks and Eagles. I agree with Tim, though. I do like the matchup. Um, you know, but but you can't bet against Brady. And I would not be surprised if she just got this like fire lit under him because he feels like he has to carry the team and he just balls out. Um, I think it'll be close. I think the defense will not be the defense needs to make a difference in order for the Eagles to be in this game. And I don't think they will. I think they'll play good enough to be in the game, but not good enough to sustain it. And Brady will have some fourth quarter magic. And when I think, think bucks will win by like a touchdown, um, but they'll beat the Eagles. So. Let's, I want to say in the front end that I won't be like jaw dropped. If the Eagles find a way, I think if there was ever a time they were going to get the Bucks, it would be this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, i agree but you know for all the reasons i talked about earlier but i think that the reason that they don't is gonna be jonathan gannon jonathan gannon all year is the tale of two wait i'm sorry you mean the future Future broncos Broncos head coach coach? (laughs) and this is and this is exactly why he can't become the broncos head coach he can stop nfc east quarterbacks other than you know the two of the three he only can stop Daniel Jones. Yeah. He's not stopping a single quarterback in the AFC West. He cannot stop a competent quarterback. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Derek Carr all completed 80% of their passes on a Jonathan Gannon defense. He cannot become the Broncos quarterback. He plays way, way too conservative against strong defenses, and the Eagles cannot afford the slow starts they've been having week in and week out. If you're going to start this slow against the Giants – in Washington 
and all these bum teams. And then you're going to go up against Tampa Bay. I just, I can't see it. Um, and honestly, the, the thing that makes me sleep at night, the worst is knowing Jonathan Gannon is the one trying to drop a plan against Brady. That, that really is, it's not, it's not Jalen. It's not the running game. It's not Goddard. It's not Devonte Smith. It's not the fact that I want Jay John Rager to be wearing suit and ties and never wearing you know, shoulder pads again. Um, it's the it's ties the, give that, the best by vest. No, it's, it's yeah, the fact that Jonathan Gannon just gets torched by the top tier quarterbacks. And, you know, I know, I know they always have good games and Brady is a, you know, a ton, mm. but I wouldn't be surprised if he throws for 500 yards this game. It's just, he, it, Gannon does not, does not coach well against good quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah, I mean, yeah. Listen, I, I said a lot of positives. And like I said, I, I still believe that the Buccaneers the team I wanted to play in the first round of the playoffs but realistically, I think the ceiling that we have for this game is what Washington led last year. Washington was the toughest game that the Buccaneers faced. Mm. Um, Nick hit it on, you know, the, you know, right on the head. I've been preaching this for weeks now. The first half struggles is not something to just brush off. Good teams will crush you if you come out and play like that. And we've seen it yeah. week in, week out, and we forget about it because they come out and dominate the second half against bad teams. I still feel good about the matchup. I, I think that they match up well, but it is Brady. I do think he's going to end up pulling this one out. So I'm going to take the Bucks, but I I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be more like the Washington game last year. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I like Nick said. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles pulled it off, but the whole defense. I I think no matter what Jalen does, the defense has to win the game. So yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But anyways, next game we have. Uh, the Cowboys at the 49er, or excuse me, the 49ers at the Cowboys, which I actually really like the momentum the 49ers have right now. I mean, the Jimmy G injury is a little questionable. Not that he's like, you know, a God, but I don't, I kind of think they, the, the 49ers are going to give the Cowboys the business. I think they're going to run the ball. Really? I think they're going to run the ball. I think Debo is going to have himself a hell of a game. Um, I, I'm not going to take the 49ers here in an upset. And it's not because I don't like the Cowboys. I actually just, th- I really do think the 49ers are one of the hotter NFC teams coming into it. So I actually, I, I actually know. agree. I think, I think the Cowboys got the worst matchup. They yeah. could have got. I think they're, they're a team who runs extremely well. We just saw what the Eagles double and triple backups did to their run, yep. their run defense. Hunley had like 60 yards. He was like the fifth string running back. Yeah, I mean, you you got practice squad running backs running for you know running wild on you, yeah. and I just think the Dallas playing their starters into the fourth quarter, and when the Eagles didn't play thirteen starters and Kelsey played one snap, yeah. tells you all you need to know about how uncomfortable they are going into this playoffs. Yeah, they are yeah. so uncomfortable with where they are that they needed a confidence boost. To, to have the peanut, <laughs> the peanut vendors getting burned on that Cedric Wilson <laughs> thinking that he's freaking Justin Jefferson out here. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the wrong mentality. And, and the Niners had to, had to beat the Rams to have, to get into the playoff. That is a, like, that's a big time. Yeah. Win. yeah. That is a big time win. I listen, I, it's actually funny. Cause I, like I said, I went to our season preview episode and I don't know, I was gassed up on the Niners. I had them at 13 of four going into the season. And 
I felt really good. I, they reminded me a lot of the Super Bowl team. I liked what I was seeing. You know, I thought the defense had the depth back in there. I, you know, I, Jimmy was coming back, but Dakota knows this. Every time we do the podcast, we argue over power rankings, and I constantly argued, and it kills me inside for the Cowboys. I've <laughs> consistently have. thought they were a better team than you've ever given them credit for. I think the Cowboys win this game. I do. The defense, I already gave Dan Quinn praise. I think the defense is going to give problems to Jimmy G. I don't know if Jimmy G's got it to be able to pull it out here. And this offense is, I, I think this offense has got too much talent um, to not be able to outscore Jimmy G. Uh, I think the Cowboys win this game. Nick, you brought up a great point by saying that the Niners did look good. They did beat the Rams. I'm going to roll right into the next game because this is my upset. You guys all went the Niners here. I'll take the Cowboys, but my upset's going to come. I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Rams. The Rams lost that mm. game to the Niners, but Man, Matthew Stafford looks horrendous these last couple games. And yeah. you, momentum is big, and momentum at the quarterback position is even bigger. Matthew Stafford has looked rough. They've won a couple of the games. I mean, he threw three interceptions that beat the Vikings. You're not going to get away with that in the playoffs. And it kills me to say this because Dakota knows after the Cardinals lost the Lions, I said that was going to be the game that ends them, and that was going to be the killer. I think they come out in this game, a division rival. I think they catch the Rams maybe feeling a little too good about themselves. think they're a little high, you know, won the division, everything. So I'll take, I'll take the Cowboys over the Niners. But I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Rams. I think the Cardinals find the mojo that they had in the beginning of the season and knock off the Rams. And I think Stafford struggles isn't going to go away. I think he's going to have another rough game. And, you know, that's who I got in the NFC. I, I, I hear you. And I, I've said, I think Stafford had the inverse of most people. He started off absolutely on fire and then, yeah. he's, and then he's looked like a QB on a new team yeah. in the last couple of weeks. He has. He's, yeah. it, it's bad, real bad. The last couple, yeah. last three games has looked horrendous. He's thrown some of the worst interceptions I've ever seen these past couple of oh, weeks. Yeah. Um, Just like that Eagles first half slumps, Matthew Stafford struggles in interceptions will come back to bite them. They can beat bad teams, but they will come back to bite you and, yeah. and in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I I see that. I think I think in a the same token, I think that the Cardinals to me, I feel like are honestly the team I have the least faith in in yeah. the NFC playoffs. I just they're once D Hop went down and the team has just not looked the same. Um, the Cardinals, I have the least amount of faith in overall. So I think the Rams won't be pretty. It won't be sexy, but I think they do enough to to get the win. Yeah, I'd like to root for Ertzy, but I agree with Nick. I think the I think the Rams get it done. Tim, I'm surprised because you've been hating on the Cardinals the last like five weeks. So I, I have, like I know, I know. But you know what? It's I can't get over the fact how bad Stafford has looked in the Rams. And I, I, I said the Niners had 13-4. I had the Cardinals 13-4 going into the season as well. So I think that you know what? They surprise some people and they find that mojo they had via season. Let's not forget they were the best team for I would say the first ten games of the season or so. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're right. I did official. I did you know have the funeral for them after the Lions game. But Stafford's performance has been rough, and I don't think they're going to be able to get by without if he keeps putting up those kind of performances. All right. Well, so for Nick and I, that would put the Packers who are on a bye because they're the number one seed against the 49ers. So, Nick, who do you like in that matchup? Uh, I'm taking the Packers there. Yeah, not really much to talk about. Just I'm, I'm taking the Packers. Yeah, I agree. Not much to talk about. I'll also take the Packers. Um, and then the next one would be we would have the Rams and the Bucks. That's a good one. Um, who do you like in that? Because I'm actually not sure. 
now that I look at I it. I had that as my NFC championship game um, before the season started. And I think, you know, I think I go Bucks there. Um, I think Brady either loses the first round or he goes on a run. I think he yeah. gets knocked out wild card weekend or second weekend. I feel like he just blows right through. And then, it, you know, he's one game away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's I think it's set up to be a, a Packers Bucks NFC championship game. So I, I agree with you that. So we're, we're pretty much identical through, uh, through the NFC. Tim, for you, you would have the Packers versus the uh cardinals right no yes so yeah obviously after i gassed up the cardinals and why they're going to be the rams i think they get crushed by the packers <laughs> i think the i think the packers come off this bye they get healthy i would imagine bakarari and sedaria smith and jair examiner will be back and i think mm-hmm. they absolutely crush them the packers I, I'm foreshadowing i expect the packers to go far <laughs> okay and then, so then you would have the Bucks and the Cowboys. Don't tell me you're going with Cowboys again. You know what? I hate it, but I've been saying for a while now. I wanted the I want the Bucks because I think they're a little banged up and everything. They lost in Week One, but I think the Cowboys can probably knock off the Bucks here too. I, they have the firepower to wow. go, you know, score for score, Brady. I think the Cowboys win here. The Cowboys, it terrifies me and it sickens me, but they look like a good team. If you look at them outside the lens of being the Dallas Cowboys, they're a very good team. They've got two top-notch wide receivers, a strong run game, a good quarterback, and a defense that is well-coached and is a playmaking turnover defense. I honestly think, maybe this is me forecasting or you know foreshadowing or hoping, I think this offense isn't we we haven't seen this offense nearly of what it can be zeke has struggled lamb has been nothing lately amari cooper has complained about his targets i think they find it in the playoffs and i think they do hmm. beat the bucks wow bold yeah i don't i hate i hate to see it but i mean i do want to play the bucks for a reason i think they are banged up i don't think it's the same team as last year all right well tim that puts you with the packers and cowboys in the nfc championship game so are you still riding in the wave just like I did with the Cardinals, I'm going to gas the team up to then crush them. The Packers are going to beat the Cowboys. Easy enough. Uh, Nick, you and I have Packers Bucks. I think Bucks fall short. This seems like an Aaron Rodgers year to get to the Super Bowl. So I'll take the Packers. Well, as I've said year in and year out, I do not bet against Brady this time of year. <laughs> he's been to he's been to 10 Super Bowls. You know how many Aaron Rodgers has been to? One, two, one, right? One. Yeah. Brady's been to 10 with way worse teams than what he's got now. Yeah. And Rodgers has been to one. And there's, some, there's something that does not feel about good karma, the way he has absolutely obliterated and held his franchise hostage for the past year. And I just don't see this ending well. I feel like I find the karma bug is just going to come back around. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I think Brady either gets knocked off week in the first weekend. Either the Eagles find a way right now, this weekend, and knock him off. Or he takes a ride to the Super Bowl. Wow. I got to say, listening to the preview, um, obviously, I was sticking to my gut. My Super Bowl preview, my Super Bowl prediction was the Chiefs and Packers, so I was going Packers anyway. But, Nick, you mm-hmm. actually had the, the Buccaneers as well coming to the NFC, so you stuck to your gut on the preview. Dakota, you're a sellout. You had the Buccaneers as well. <laughs> so, you know, topsy-turvy. Uh-huh. But, hey, you know what? feels good. We'll see what happens. Moving uh-huh. on to the, the AFC, though. The little Wild West kind of conference. Yeah. Who knows the hell is going to come here? Uh, yeah, I... I think the AFC is a lot not as close as the NFC is. Um, 
So I'm going to go uh, – let's start with Chiefs Steelers. I, don't, I would don't. I would not be surprised if this game is closer than people think. Uh, I think the Chiefs stumble a little bit in the first half, and then they just explode in the second half. But, yeah, Chiefs are going to win this one. If you watch that last game, the Steelers game, it's going to be the Chiefs. I know, but I think like, the Chiefs are going to be Steelers, shooting them. The Steelers, the Steelers are not a good football team. I'm sorry. No, they, are, they are not a good football team. That run defense – they knew every single time the Latavius Murray was running the ball because Huntley cannot yeah. pass. Oh, yeah. And he was gashing them, yeah. gashing them. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to play well. I just think the Chiefs are going to make mistakes in the first half, and then they'll, they'll write the ship. But I mean, I guess, I mean, you might be right there. They won a Super Bowl while losing in the first half of all their playoff games. But, I mean, I already mm-hmm. said this with the T.J. Watt argument. Their offense is horrendous, and their run defense is embarrassing. Somehow they made it to the playoffs because their T.J. Watt is awesome. Uh, the Chiefs are going to beat the Steelers. Ben Ben can walk off pride knowing that he made it to the playoffs. But the he's, about, he's about three steps from the retirement home. So, yeah, yeah. I think he's surprised that he's even made it this far. Yeah, he looks awful. Uh, next game is the Bills and the Patriots. I think this will be the best AFC game of the weekend. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think the Bills are finally kind of getting their rhythm going right at right the right time. Um, so I think I think they'll find a way to beat Belichick. Belichick. Uh, so I got the Bills. As a yeah, the different gun. As a as a New Englander, you guys probably don't know this, but Nikhil Harry is the is like the the Jalen Rager and Jay uh, Jaw of the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Pats yeah. fans are beyond sick with Nikhil Harry, and um, I think just with their limited ability of Mac Jones, I feel like Josh Allen finds a way to uh, to to get this one done. We know Debo oh, yeah. Samuel was taking like three picks after yep. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to hear all the Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf talk, but at least, you know, we didn't do that. But yeah. uh, I mean, listen, Josh Allen is the perfect like weather quarterback. If you can't, if it's the weather's terrible, he can't throw, he's just going to run the ball. He's got a mm-hmm. cannon. He can throw it at the weather as well. Again, it's a rookie quarterback against Josh Allen. Can't count on Belichick, but I said this a lot on our last matchup, the Patriots versus the Bills is I trust the Bills as a better team to win a game when it absolutely matters. You're in the playoff. All these games matter. I think the Bills pull this one out. All right. Um, and then our last game is Bengals Raiders. I mean, hats off to the Raiders. And Tim, I said it last week on the episode where I, when I predicted the Raiders to beat the Chargers that, you know, for all the, the drama and the craziness that they've dealt with this year, I, and we actually glossed over it. We didn't even mention our coaches of the year, but I, I would have given it to Rich um, Bisacci. I think he's done a hell of a job. You know, I don't, there's never, I don't think there's been an interim head coach to lead a team to the playoffs, or it's been a while since then, I think. But yeah, he's, he's been phenomenal. And that being said, I think the fairy tale story ends. And I, I, I like the Bengals. I think they rest a lot of their players. I think they'll come out fresh and uh, move on. So, no, I probably I, I agree with you as well. Obviously, I, I guessed up Rick Bisaccia when I did my studs list. He was my yeah. benchman. What they did is incredible. I can't take any credit away from. But I also feel like the hangover effect might kick in. I mean, it was an incredible game they had on Sunday night. This yeah. whole season, I don't think anyone saw them going this far. The Bengals seem to be in a good spot right now. They seem hotter than ever at the end of the season. I think they pull this one out. I'm going Bengals. Yeah. I like the Bengals. I mean, I think that offense is just – it's gelling at the right time. 
Um, they got a great trio of wide receivers. Burrow looks comfortable. He looks confident. Uh, Mixon, you know, is looking great. I'm, I'm just all around. I just, I love the offense. Really impressed with what Zach Taylor's assembled there. Yeah. Yeah. What a turnaround he's had. All right. So we're all, like I said, AFC is pretty, a lot more uh, simplified. So we all have the same picks. So that would leave us with shocker, honestly. The number one seed in the AFC is the Titans. I never would have thought that with Derrick Henry going down. They proved that they're much more than Derrick Henry. So hats off to them. Um, they will be hey, facing. Hey, uh, shout out to myself. I did predict them to go 13 and four okay. in the preseason preview. You know, I, I was a game off. But I think Derek I had them miss the. Got hurt. I might have had them missing the playoffs. I don't remember. You had them at. Uh, you know what? I have that for you, my friend. When you make mistakes, I'm here to catch your stumbles. Okay. Don't you worry. You uh, you had them at a nine and eight. You had them winning their division, but a nine and eight. Hmm. Not okay. nearly as respectable as oh, yeah. I did at thirteen to four. Fair enough. But um, you said I would give us Titans and the Bengals. That'd be the one of the four. Um this is tough i mean the titans defense has actually been playing pretty well this year um my boy kevin byard's having a nice season Uh, i don't i still think that i mean derrick henry might play i think if derrick henry plays the titans win but um yeah i'll I'll run i'll ride with the titans here julio jones just caught his first touchdown pass of the season last week in week 18 so I'm going to rock with the team who had back-to-back weeks where they had a receiver go over 190 yards, and I'm going to go. This wow. Okay. Oh, I like enough. it. I like it. I, lo- I like the spunk. I like to see some upsets. But listen, only one team got a bye. The bye is even more important this year. And you're going to tell me they're going to have a bye and then get Derrick Henry back. I'm not going to pick against that team. I think the Titans beat the, beat the Bengals here. I, I do think if, if Henry doesn't play that the Bengals have a very good chance of winning but yeah but i feel i have a good chance i have a good feeling that henry's gonna play yeah and then uh other side we have the chiefs and the bills uh this is tough i'm listen uh, this is the matchup everyone wanted going into the season this, this is the matchup we all dreamed of if if i recall this was my afc championship game i think me too um, i think yeah you're both good it's it's tough i don't you know what? I know the Chiefs are always going to be that that team, but because of how weird this season is, you know what? I'm feeling the Bills. I'll take the Bills and the upset over the Chiefs. Well, look at you. Proud yeah. of you, Dakota. Way Why to not? go to buck the trend. Buck the trend. Uh, I mean, listen, the Bills have looked – the Chiefs had a very suspect year. You know, they were definitely down at some points, but the Bills did too, you know. Mahomes, this defense, more importantly, look hot. They look like they're ready to go. I think Kansas City pulls this one out. They've been there. They know what they're doing. They're waiting for the playoffs at this point with the crew they have. So I'm going to Kansas City. Yeah. I'm going to stick to my original guns. I'm going to I'm gonna keep rolling with KC. Um, I'm just going to say that Mahomes finds a way. It has not been a Mahomes-esque year. Right. Uh, it just hasn't. But – I think they they find a way, um, but I think this is going to be the last year. Their salary cap situation becomes a nightmare after this year, and I I think this is I think this is the last ride for this group. Hey, you know what? I'll tip your tip your hat to you, Nick, because I have the same strategy. I had the Packers and Chiefs Super Bowl prediction going into the year as my preview. 
considering they're both in the playoffs, I mean, just to gas myself up, I'm going to go stick with my original Super Bowl prediction. I'm not going to go against myself when it's a possibility. All right. So you got Chiefs over the Titans, right? I do. You know what? They Things are kind of set. It's funny. You know, it's good. It's funny because you mentioned that you expect them. I, I believe it was the first round. I forget when you said it. You said, I expect the Chiefs to go down in the first half and come back. They beat the Titans and they beat the Bills and they were, you know, losing every first half on their way to the Super Bowl. This mm-hmm. might, you know, steer the ship back into what, you know, they did before when they won that Super Bowl. Uh, I think Nick was right. You know, the soup, the salary cap situation might be a problem later, but this team's loaded. It's the same one we've seen go to the back-to-back Super Bowl. So I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. Mine is the Titans and the Bills. I think the Titans have a nice story. I think the I really at this point, if I have the Bills beat the Chiefs, I think they catch fire. So I'm gonna have the Bills and Josh Allen finally make it to the uh, the Super Bowl after many years of work oh, and many years you. of okay. roster construction. So I have a Bills Packers Super Bowl. That should be fun. Nick, you have okay. you have the Bengals and the Chiefs. A little rematch. Keep running the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Bengals get feel really good about this year. I think it's a great season. That's a great run to make it to the AFC Championship. Um, no knock losing to Mahomes on the way to the chip. Um, and uh, in a very good game, uh, I find the Chiefs take it out, take out the win. Cool. Yeah. So we all, I would, I would say most people would have predicted Chiefs Buccaneers rematch for this year at the start of the season. And now we all have, I mean, mostly different things, but Nick, you uh, have returned to that same formula. So who do you got winning the, the Super Bowl? Are you still riding with uh, the Brady Magic? So if you remember at the beginning of the year, what I said was I thought it would be an inverse. I thought one would win the MVP and one would win the, oh, win the Super Bowl. Oh, I said you did say that. that. Yes. I said that, that I thought. True, I said I thought that um, one would win the MVP and the, whatever one would didn't, uh, because Brady had the more MVP caliber season. Mm-hmm. I got to stick with what I said originally. You know, he's probably he may not win. I'll probably go to Rogers, but he'll be the runner up, and I'll take Mahomes to stick with what I said and give him the flip. Um, as much as it's hard to root against him, it's hard to do that. But yeah. he, and it's what I said. I said, it, yeah, I said they would split. One would win the MVP and, and one would win the Super Bowl. So, you know, in a non sexy year, in a year where no team had a sexy season, say the Chiefs figure it out. Hey, you know what? Good call. Hey, stick to, your, stick to your guns. That's why I took the same approach and had the Packers versus the Chiefs. And I, you know, don't want to bet against Mahomes and losing two Super Bowls in a row, but the, the Packers, to me, I think outside of week one, have consistently shown that they're probably the best team in the NFL every single week. They've never really had a bad loss outside of week one. Yeah. I do expect them to get a trio of pro bowlers back at some point in the playoffs with Bakatari, Jair Alexander, and uh, Zaire Smith. And they've just continued to dominate when they're out. I mean, we Razzle Douglas has looked incredible at filling in. A.J. Dillon's looked good running the ball. I, you know, even Val, Valdez Scanlon. They have a lot of guys step up. I think the Packers win this one. I hate to say it because the Rodgers drama is only going to amplify by a million. He'll probably host Jeopardy a thousand times and do SNL and do all this other nonsense while he looks for a new team and then mention us, you know, tell us all how it's his last dance. But the Packers have been the best team in my eyes all year consistently. They beat you on both ends, defense and offense. Uh, I think they do it. I think the Packers are set up to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. So my Super Bowl is Bills and Packers. And like I said, I think the Bills catch fire, but then the fire gets doused by 
the Packers and what could be oh. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, honestly, I would not be shocked if Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl and then was like, all right, peace, and finds a way to leave Green Bay or just flat tires or something crazy. Um, but I, I just feel like it's in the it's been in the cards this year for the Packers to win. So I have the Green Bay Packers as my 2022 Super Bowl champion. So we got clean, clean sweep on the Packers Super Bowl winners. No, Tim has or uh, Nick has the Chiefs. No, I have the Chiefs over the Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, you're right. You said the MVP was the Packers. My, yeah. my bad. All right. Well, hey, we're both on there. Uh, I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited for some football. I'm excited the Eagles are in the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We got the GOAT the first round. You, If you can't get jacked up for the GOAT in the playoffs, then I just I can't help you. you know? Well, I'm just – before we end, I'm just trying to think. So, we, I mean, no matter what, if the Eagles beat the beat the Bucks, they then got to go to Lambeau. So, Correct. no matter what. If if this is one of those wild years that a wild card team just runs train, like this would be historic to go through the two and the one seed. But – and the and the MVP and runner up most likely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, crazier things have happened, right? Backup quarterbacks yeah. winning Super Bowls. So, but hey, listen, the last time uh, the last time we played Tom Brady in the playoffs, we beat him. So uh, you know, it feels pretty good. You know, there's something mm. to, something to be said about that. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, this is a long episode, so thank you, boys, for uh, sticking around. A lot of good insights, and uh, yeah, it'll be a really exciting playoffs. We got some. Some really good teams, especially on the NFC side, be really competitive. So, looking forward to it. All right. Talk Peace out, everybody. We'll do this All again right. next week. See you guys. Peace.